Hello, 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 and welcome to the Rabbit Hole Heroines. My name is Jessica, the Big Weird Mom. And I'm Jess, Crazy Mother Runner. And we are so very happy to have our special guest, John Edward, psychic medium with us today. Hi, John. How's it, how's it going? It's good. I love the graphic. It's very <laughs> John Song, graphic. <laughs> very cool. We try. We try. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we have a, a wonderful follower who who did that for us, and she took our. Normally, I have purple hair, and just does as well. So we mm -hmm. took our little purple thing and and ran with it. Yes. Um. So you know, as we were talking about before the show, you know, we have got kind of a, a new topic that we're working with today. You know, we we haven't really delved into the psychic medium. Um, rabbit hole. So if you want to just take a minute, kind of introduce yourself. I'm sure everybody knows who you are already, but <laughs> if sure. you'd like to uh, just uh, take a minute and tell us uh, what you're all about. Sure. So my name is John Edward and my title would be Psychic Medium. Um, I have been doing this work for 36 years. I started when I was 15. So doing the math, I'll be 52 in October. Um, a psychic medium who has done a lot of TV, written a lot of books, done a lot of touring around the world. Um, if you don't know me from a show called Crossing Over, you probably would know that I have an entire episode of South Park dedicated to me. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've, I've been around the block a little bit. So I've been doing this work for a long time and, and recently joined TikTok and that's how I connect with you guys. Yay. Awesome. Yeah, TikTok's a wild world. Oh my gosh. How do you like that? <laughs> You know, it's really funny because I resisted Facebook. Um, I resisted Twitter. Like, I just really wasn't into social media. I'm not an Instagrammer. Like, that's not like my thing. But I was excited about TikTok before the pandemic started. I kind of went down the rabbit hole of TikTok. And I said to my mm -hmm. kids, what do you guys know about TikTok? And they were like, uh, no. They're like, not. <laughs> they're like, no. You know, it used to be something else, and now they rebranded it. Now it's back. It, you know, it used to be Musically or something. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, no, it's, it's it's cringe, especially if you show up on there. So like, just stay off it. And I was like, okay, but I had this really overwhelming feeling about it. That one, it was going to blow up, and two, I was pulled to it. So whenever I get a pull to something, I always feel like I have to follow that. I have to follow mm -hmm. that. Pull. Um, it's the same pull I would get if I was standing in front of, you know, 500 people in a room and I say, I'm coming over here, I'm being pulled in that section. So when I started watching, I really found it to be a great escape. And I found myself, yeah. I feel like I'm a graduate of TikTok university from life hacks to dealing with racism, to dealing with issues on all sorts of programs. Just yesterday, I learned that using the phrase Eskimo is a slur. Who knew? Did not me. I did not. Had no idea that that was a that was a thing. So I feel like the little nuggets of information that can be can be put out there could be extremely helpful. It could be insightful. I have laughed my butt off like for hours at a time, and I've met great folks like you guys um, where I resonate with your message and what you're you know trying to do. Because I feel like yeah. in the world that we're living in, we need to raise awareness and empower people. And I feel like my job is to lead people better than I find them. And however yeah. you do that. 
you know, whether it be you just popping on, you know, a tinfoil hat and, <laughs> you know, highlighting the absurdities of things, um, you know, or, or me talking about the differences between a psychic and a medium, right? It, it's just a way of, of putting information out there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you feel I, like I you connect yeah. with your your people? Um, it, it, are there any challenges with the TikTok format as far as like what you do um, and connecting with the people who are you're pulled to? Um, I think the challenge is the technology and like just learning it because one thing is mm -hmm. watching it and, like the other thing is like trying to figure out like the filters and you know, like what, what, how do you do a green? I'm still trying to figure out how to put a green screen behind me, you know, and, and do that as a video for a longer video. I don't think you can do it for three minutes. I think you can only do it for, you can. Yes, oh, you can. Can. I'm going to need it. <laughs> so that to me has been somewhat challenging doing the work mm -hmm. been challenging, you know, doing a reading for me, whether I'm doing it on TikTok, Skype, um, zoom radio, I've been doing this for a really, really long time. So I'm confident with that. Um, it's the, it's, it's the technology and the, the dedication to the, to the concept, like mm -hmm. I'm a, bit of a rebel, like when I started publishing books, I was told you needed to have a publishing plan. You know, you come out with your hardcover and then like nine months later, you come out with the paperback. And then at the same time, there's another hardcover that comes out and there's like a machine. And I was like, yeah, that's not for me. And they were like, well, but that's how you do it. And I'm like, mm, yeah, that's not how I'm going to do it. And they were like, what do you mean? I go. I kind of do it when I feel like, like I write a newsletter when I feel like I have something to say. I put TikTok out when I feel like, yeah, today's the day. Like that's the yeah. one I want to put out. I don't have this like, I need to get the the views. I need to get the likes. I need to get the whatever's like, I've never been like that. I don't really care. So yeah. kind of like who's going to find me, going to find me. Right. I, right. I, I totally resonate with that because I've gotten, the hard thing is I've gained so many amazing like a community like for me it's a community yep. um but because i have such a large community that i and i'm one of these people that i don't like to make people feel like i'm not paying attention to them um so it's become time consuming unfortunately but i also will get sent all this content whether it's content to tinfoil or to right. discredit or and i feel like this constant pull like i need to address this i need to put this mm -hmm. into sometimes you know and then I'll come across creators that I'm like, I need to elevate them if I can and give them more, you know, like I've been doing a lot more duets lately and trying to, um, you know, have a, like a, people of color that maybe aren't getting um, the views and the shares right. and the attention that they deserve because they have a message that resonates with so many people and it's not getting heard. So like, there's just so many different directions I feel like you can get pulled in TikTok. And right now I feel like I've got, you know, 20 arms, but, but yeah, exactly. I, I, I totally resonate with that. Just having this, you don't want to put it out there unless it's, it has some meaning behind it before you put it, you know, put it on there. I also think that from an energy standpoint, it's important, whether it be here or wherever, whatever platform or whatever you're doing, you have to have boundaries, right? You have to have some level of boundary because if you don't, then things start to blend. And mm -hmm. I, when I first got married and my wife and I like moved in together uh, I came home one night and she was like reading all the mail, like all the mail, like, like mail that I get. And she was emotional and she had like the cordless phone with the big antenna in the other hand, going back a bit. And she was like, you need to call this one first and then we need to schedule this person. I know you don't want to hear about the stories. And I literally was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I go, you can't do that. And she's like, but these people need help. And I go, everybody needs help and everybody has a story. I said, and if I don't create some type of order, 
I said, then I have to like, you know, I said, I won't be able to, I won't be able to do it. I'll become burnout. And I said, this is how I do it. And at that time, it used to be the first Wednesday of the month between like 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. I would open the phone lines and whoever got through, then they got to be on the waiting list. And I said, that way, it's not up to me. I'm not picking one person's story or situation over the other. Right. They're meant to get in and the universe is going to let them get through. And that was like, mm -hmm. that's what I did for years. Now I do it as an interest list. And we have a, a program in the office. Like somebody could be on my interest list for a day. Some people have been on there for years. And like it comes right. up by night apparently. And so they, they get, get they get picked and then we like we let them know. Yeah. Okay. It's like randomized do you find that it's like more of a challenge for you now that you're more accessible? I mean, I was looking at, at your website and it looks like, I mean, you take, you know, private readings, you take, you know, it looks like you are so accessible. Does that wear on you at all or? No, I've been, I've been that accessible for years, except people didn't mm -hmm. realize it. COVID has yeah. made it seem more like, oh, yeah, we'll do readings. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah. Nope. Once the TV show went away, I just crawled up in a ball and didn't do anything. Um, <laughs> you know, like, people were like, yeah, I'm so surprised. I'm like, well, what, what else would I be doing? You know, like right. yeah. what I do. I mean, in realistic, my background's in healthcare. So I literally could have went back to working in a hospital. But um, the, the, the reality is that people are surprised. Like when they see you in one aspect, they wouldn't expect that you did something else or that you yeah. do something outside of the television. So you yeah. put in a box. Yep. And I mean, I've, I've toured for 26 years, 25 years straight. So I feel like in the last year and a half, a little like kind of feel semi-retired, like because yeah. I'm, like, I'm not on the road. And um, you know, I'm very torn because a lot of people are like, when are you coming back on the road? When are you coming back to San Fran? When are you coming back here? When are you coming back there? And I'm like, no, I'm having a, I'm very torn because I feel like with what's happening out there, I'm watching other people do stuff. I'm watching events, you know, Lollapalooza and all that kind of stuff happens. But my, my, my energetic brain and my healthcare brain are like, mm -hmm. don't I have to take on some of the responsibility for that? Like, I don't know, like yeah, right. patients out there and it's up to people to wear masks and do stuff like that. But, um, you know, I'm highly concerned about what's happening in the world. Yeah. Well, if it's not any different for you, I don't see why you would have, you know, why they, people wouldn't understand that. You know, it seems yeah. like, yeah, they don't, you know, if it's something that you can do on zoom, you know, why wouldn't yeah. you? <laughs> but I'm an introvert, so. No, but people in, 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 like, they instinctively feel like it can't happen unless they're in person. And I, and I understand mm -hmm. that. You know, my mom, when she was alive, used to love to go for readings. And she would not sit with someone unless they were using, like, a deck of tarot cards. If they did not use cards, if they didn't have something, she was like, no, that's not for me. So she's like a tangible, she had to have a tangible experience. She needed a connector that they were mm -hmm. using. And I'm like, yeah, but that that card is just a symbol or a tool. Like letters form words, words form sentences. I go, it's a key that unlocks a door. And she's like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, you do you. She's like, but for me, like, that's what, you know, I need. So I understand. Mm -hmm. like, I watched that growing up. Like she felt like she needed to be with somebody that had that tangible thing. A lot of folks, mm -hmm. people didn't realize I could do this over the radio. They were like, how could that work over the radio? I'm like, cause it's energy. So it's yeah. like reading, you know, if I'm talking to Jessica and Jess, you're in spirit and you walk up behind Jessica and start talking, I can hear both of you. You're both in the same space. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. People think like, oh, they're with me. Can you tell them? I'm like, no, no, they're with you. 
they're like different. <laughs> they're your people. You're Not the person. Like, you're, you're, the, you're the conduit. I just get in the way of what's there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I saw an interview that you did where you said it was almost like a like a daydream when you see what's happening. Can you explain a little bit of that? So if you remember back in the days of being in like junior high school or high school, and if you ever had those moments where you're sitting on the aisle where the windows were, you know, and you kind of like got lost out there and the teacher's talking over here, but you're so not in the class, you're someplace mm -hmm. else. That's what a reading feels like. Like I'm in this other land um, and it has this three-dimensional energetic uh, feeling to it. So like yeah. I'm feeling energy, I'm hearing things, I'm seeing things. So my senses kind of feel like on, on overload and I am very hyper aware of what I'm thinking and what I'm hearing, what I'm smelling and all of that in this kind of like energetic daydream moment, I then start to pull apart and, and explain in my frame of reference because I feel like that's how information comes across. So if mm -hmm. I was to give you guys an example, like tell me what this means, right? And if I just pulled up, you know, one actual metaphysical symbol, right? If I showed you this, you guys would look at this and you would have your own instinctual feeling if you did not know what the actual card meant. Mm -hmm. so, Jess, you look at that, what do you think? What does that mean to you? Like, what does that give you a feeling of? Like an agreement. Okay, Jessica? Some type of agreement. How's that hit, how does that, how does that hit Jessica? We can't hear her. Oh, I can't hear you. You're muted, hon. What happened? My my earbuds just AirPods just died. So I apologize okay. if there is a an echo. Um, to me, it looks like maybe almost like like bartering or exchanging medical information, maybe. Okay. So you're both right in the sense that that's what it means for you. So even though the card has an assigned meaning, the reality is the way you would look at it. Um, is how you would interpret it. And then you could apply whatever else the meaning would be. So in your symbolism, if you ever saw that, that's what that would mean for you. So if this landed in front of you and you were reading the other, that's what you would say this This is how it would come across. So for me, mm -hmm. I have a lot of those symbolic moments. And sometimes it's from moments in my family. It could be from movies or TV. Uh, there have been some very fun, very fun moments that have happened. Like when I was doing TV, you you forget that you're on television and that this is being broadcast to millions of people. So I had to experience, so I'm gonna tell the story again. So my aunt can be embarrassed all over again. Um, we used to live in my grandmother's house. I lived upstairs with my mom, my aunt lived downstairs. And we had a hall closet, which was like a pantry. And it kind of also dovetailed as the place that people would go to be on the phone to have privacy because they were everything was corded. No cordless phone back then. So people would leave the light on and my grandmother would get upset and she would say, what do you think we work for the lighting company? You know, they leave the goddamn light on and go in there and shut the lights off, right? So one late morning, early, late evening, I got up, went to use the restroom and I see the light is on and I open the closet and there's my aunt and she's like 20 years my senior. So if I was, let's say I was 17, you know, she was like 37, almost 40. She's on the floor. She had a really bad toothache and there was some, old bottle of alcohol that she was dipping cotton swabs in and trying to anesthetize her, her tooth. So I opened it and I laughed and I was like, oh my God, you're a closet drinker. Joke, funny, funny, ha ha. So now that symbol 
actually, I see that still to this day. And I know somebody is a closeted substance abuser, a closet drinker. So here I go, you know, crossing over. And I tell the story about my aunt who in Long Island worked at a very specific deli that people knew. And I tell this story and I didn't tell her. I didn't tell her that I told the story. And next thing I know, I'm at a party and I see her walking in and I'm like, I should probably go tell Big Row that I told this story just in case anybody brings it up to her. Bring it up to her. She had more people at the deli trying to get her to all step program, telling her it wasn't, it was okay oh. to be ashamed. It was like all these moments, and she's like, I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> that you're gonna say something like that. Because she had no idea why oh my God. random customers they were coming in, they were touching her hand, going, We understand the struggle. And she's like, I slice cold cuts. What's the struggle? Like, <laughs> So just fun moments too, you know, symbolically. So I'm curious for you, um, because you are coming to people through their people. Yes. Are you able to like turn it on and off? Like, is it something that you can kind yeah. of disconnect and you've created? Because I've I've seen other I've seen you and other like kind of talk about this. So is it something that you kind of have to manifest this this ability to turn it off? So remember, I said I started really young. So at, yeah. at a very young age of 15. I can honestly tell you that I was coming from a place of ego. I was not coming from a place of healing. I might have tried to get you to date me and use the ability in that way. Like, I'm, I, 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 I hear it. I hear it. So, but that was, I'm blaming it on like my youth. I'm blaming it on you know the ego of my youth, and also let me see what I can do. Let me wow you, kind of vibe. Um, then I, I learned early on in the first five years that it was inappropriate specifically with mediumship. It was inappropriate to enter someone's vibration without their permission, without their consent, mm -hmm. right? Sound familiar, right? I mean, it's kind of like what we what we see now yeah. in other aspects of life, but yeah. it, it's yeah. a metaphysical principle that you do not enter someone's vibration without their permission. Like any, yeah. any old person like me doing this work, old schoolers would know that. In the last 20 years, 15 years, there has been an like explosion of people, I think with reality shows and the internet, where the wow factor, the shock factor, or the I'm gonna read for you factor, let me wow you. What I did at a video store back then, you know, when people would walk up to the counter to get their movies and I read them, and that's where I, that's where I would attack read people. Um, I didn't really do it in the streets. There was some type of context of, of a connection at least. Um, still wrong, but I did it, I own it. Um, these people are doing it online and they're doing it in supermarkets and they're, doing it for shock value. And any grief therapist will tell you how wrong that is in addition to the mediumship side of it because you don't know where somebody is on their journey of grief. And you mm -hmm. can actually do more damage, even though your intentions could be 1000% pure to help the person. And it is still coming from a place of ego because you have to open yourself up. So I tell people whenever somebody says, oh, I'm so psychic, I can't shut it down. And I, I call bullshit all the time. I'm like, that's not real because you have to give yourself permission to do that. And when I'm teaching workshops, like how, how, how specific can I be? Because I, I have used a crass example and that people won't forget it. Uh, can I say you, it? Oh, you yeah, yeah. yeah. You want. yeah. Oh yeah, we are not monetized. Somebody said this to me once, they said that they were so psychic at one of my events that there was, there was, there was just no, um, no shutting it off. And I said, okay. I said, are you peeing right now? And she like, <laughs> she went, excuse me? I go, are you urinating right now? 
And she went, no. And I go, well, why not? And she goes, because, and she was like totally flummoxed by the fact that I said that. And I go, it's the same thing. It's something that you control. You learn to control that. And if you can't control that, well, now we got a problem, right? So you need to be able to, exactly. (laughs) You don't want to spill out your energy on someone because they don't really want you peeing all over them, right? So energetically, don't do that. So I, I, I have a little bit of an issue, like when people ask me that, whether it be in interviews or in person, because we're in a time where people are really opening up and developing. Yeah. And that's awesome. Like, I love that. But I love it to the point that people use it in their everyday lives. I always have a problem where people like read a book, take a workshop, and then they like hang a shingle out and start doing readings. And I'm like, whoa, right. like learn your craft a bit. Like, yeah, you know, well, you know what? Your words have 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 weight. You know, I'm I'm very very careful about like even on TikTok, I'm very careful about what I'm putting like what I'm putting out there. You know, like right. I literally duet at least ten things that I've seen and be like, don't do this. But I'm also aware of the fact that if I go, don't do this, I'm now creating an energy and a wave and a beef with that person who is doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to do that. Right. So. Yeah. I'm going to just do what I normally do. I'm going to put the message out there. And if somebody hears that and goes, oh, my God, I think he's talking about that person, then that's the person that you've seen do that. Then, yeah, I am. I might not have seen that person, but you have. Therefore, you can apply that symbol. Right? Yeah. So right. How we, a seed. Yep. Looking at things through, through a lens. And I say this, like, this is in my experience, four decades of, of doing this. So, like I said, I've, I've been doing this a long time. And there's a responsibility that I think comes with doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like if you think about it, that that applies to everybody. If you're a musician, you're not going to whip out your guitar and just play for everyone on the street. If you're do colonoscopies, you're not going to do that without anybody's Let's permission. Go. Let's <laughs> climb up on this uh, grocery belt right here and check out that colon. Are there any other rules that, you know, that's fascinating. I never would have thought of that. Are there any other rules that, that are kind of. I, I, I have a, I have a lot of rules. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we start by paranoia. Like where's the link? I don't have you a link. You strike me as a rule guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I'm a rule guy when it comes to like organization, but I also like bend, bending the rules like in, 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 in some ways. Yeah. So it's, it's like, here, here's how, like, if you give me a recipe, I think like, yeah, but what if I did this to it? It might be better, you know, like, oh, let me try to do it like that. But um, I think meditation and prayer is really important for anybody who's opening up, kind of calm the physical body and open the mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of psychic self-defense. So when people go, oh, what's that? I'm like, that's that boundary program where you're energetically creating boundaries within a reading. So mm-hmm. going back to TikTok, I would say if you have – if you give yourself a window, whether it be daily or twice a week or once a week, where you're going to make content, answer content, because it's always going to be there. It's not like a com- it's not a conversation like Twitter where it happens and if you respond a week later, people are like, huh? <laughs> what is she talking about? Yeah. Because you can always demonstrate and show what it is that you're you're talking about. So mm-hmm. you know, having boundaries, protecting your energy, all of that is very important. And then I think development wise, having a tool, whether it be like working with cards or numerology or astrology, something that mm-hmm. helps you learn your own symbol- symbolic language. Right. 
your your abilities. Yeah. So like, for example, I feel like I am like if there was a spectrum, I feel like I would be could not be farther from you as far as like being in touch with my like bodily spiritual side. And like, I can't meditate. I have ADD. I when I exercise, I literally just want to put make myself into like put myself in the most pain as I can to distract from all of it. So like, what would you give like just advice for someone like me who just really wants to be in touch with that? But I feel like I can't even get in touch with my own body, like let alone someone else's. (laughs) I would say, I would say the same. I think you just need to learn how to work within the confines of how your mind operates. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that I have, I think is like a, you know, I'll call it a superpower, but it's more like an OCD thing. I pick up on people's idiosyncrasies when they're working, whether it be a teacher, uh, anybody that's like speaking, like if I'm with them often enough, I start, and mm-hmm. especially psychics. Like if I'm watching a psychic work, I start, I, I, I would be able to imitate someone in like five minutes based upon yeah. listening, listening to them. And there's only one colleague that I highly respect. She's been doing it way longer than I am. And I, I tell her she's the anomaly for me. And she's like, well, what do you mean? Her name is Char Margolis. You guys can check her out. She's on char.net, C-H-A-R.net. And I said, I go, I, I, I don't get how you get like your information sometimes. And she goes, well, what do you mean? I go, for example, I understand that if you say to somebody, you're clairaudient, which I am, I'll hear the predominant consonants in a name, right? So like you guys have the same name for me as my son, Justin. I would hear the J and possibly the S and then I would know, oh, it's Jess, Jessica, Justin, Jasper. I would just go down the list of Jason, there's a JS. And depending upon if I got it in beats, then I would know how many syllables, right? It's kind of like how it sounds. So I'm, I, I'm logical. So if you tell me that somebody has a name that's M-A-R, I'm gonna go, oh, it's like Mark, Mary, Marie. And then depending upon how many beats I hear, I'm gonna know like, okay, it's Margaret, Marjorie. So with Char, I started to notice that she would say like, uh, you know, is there a, is there an L in the name? Is there an L L S? Is it Mary? And I would go. We were touring in South Africa and I literally had the most unprofessional moment. Um, a woman there who puts together events, her name is Deb. She had the like top DJ, you know, national DJ in the South Africa come to the hotel with his wife and the two of us are sitting opposite them. And Char started to read for the wife. And I, I don't remember if the father was alive or passed, but she literally, and I had teased Char about this quite a bit saying that I think she has psychic ADD. And she goes, what do you mean? I go, I feel like your guides give you like one letter to hold on. And then they give you the other letter to hold on. And then you open the door and they push out the name. So <laughs> he's like, you know, she's like, oh, I think you're, you know, you're just making fun of me. I'm like, I'm not making fun of you. I'm literally like watching work. Long story short, she says, as she's reading for this, she's like, your, your dad, she goes, there's like a, an F, like an F R F R. Is he Desmond? <laughs> Face planted in my arm, lost it, could not stop laughing. And then she got the giggles in the middle of doing a reading. So I had a very juvenile moment, but like, that's an example of somebody who might, you fall in the same category that your guys would figure out like, well, we're going to show just this. And then we're going to show just yeah. that. And then, the door is going to open I'm up. Just and gonna, like, like slap her in the face with something totally <laughs> random. 
gosh. So like, I'm curious. So do you feel like everyone has kind of these, um, I don't know what you would call them, like clairvoyant moves. So I'm gonna give you an example. So when I was 15, living at home still, obviously, um, I had a dream that it, I that awoke me, like freaked me out. And I remember telling my mom right away, like, hey, I had a dream that my grandfather, my step-grandfather was on fire. It was really bizarre. Um, next day, he's at work and a um, he worked for Fort Eustis as a civilian engineer. One of the tanks he was working on exploded. He had third degree burns, ended up in the hospital. This was like the next day. Now, of course, in the conversation that I had with my mom that night to when Mike would happen, my mom hadn't said anything to my grandma. My grandma's one of these very like, she believes in reincarnation. She believes in, you know, the afterlife. She believes that people watch over her. She's very like, she's, she's the only person that kind of gave me that like permission, like permission to like believe in those kind of things, I guess, because um, my mom had a few little weird moments growing up, but it wasn't something that she really focused on. And and since then she's gotten very like Christian and, and into church and, and I'm not knocking that I myself, you know, have gone been, been in church and have gotten saved and all that, but it's just, she started looking at religion and, and things a little differently where my grandma seemed like more of a free spirit and just had this like more broader ideology. So like, do you feel like there's these things that, I don't, I don't know what I'm asking. Do you feel like a lot of people have these little clairvoyant moments or do you feel like they have to be more open to it? I to experience things like that. Let's take it and and let's. I like to always use real world examples. So let's take the intuitive woo woo what we think about TV and yeah. movies and all that. Let's put that over there and let's mm -hmm. just equate it to smells. Just a smell. Everybody can smell. Sometimes people pay more attention to the smells. They have a really like strong reaction. Like you could put on perfume and. Somebody will go like, oh, that smells sweet. And then you can walk past somebody else and they'll be like, oh, God, that's like, it's a lot. Like, how much did you put on? <laughs> the smell is going to be completely different, right? But they can, average person can smell. So I right. think it falls in line with that. Now, okay. somebody says to you, hey, do you smell that? Now you're asking them to fixate on a specific smell. So you can do that, right? Jessica could say to you, hey, Jess, can you smell this? And you can go, yes, oh, that smells like, and then you're going to go, oh, that reminds me of whatever. Mm -hmm. So we know that our olfactory sense can mm -hmm. literally trigger a memory or a thought or an emotion, right? If you haven't smelled a food in years and all of a sudden you smell that food and then it reminds you of your grandmother or whatever that is. Yeah. It, Led you with a feeling, right? You have a sensory experience just to a smell. Think about energy as being like that. So you would be able to fine tune your sense of smell, but it's psychic, right? To energy and kind of understand um, what seems like it's so amorphous, you would then be able to describe. And I think that's the, that's the way I like to kind of pull the circle in because it's so vast. Like when somebody says, you know, can you read for me? I'm like, sure. And I can, but in their mind, they're like, can you read for me? And then the, the next part is I really want to connect with dad. I really want to connect with dad. I really want to connect with dad. Yeah. Um, and by the end of the reading, if dad doesn't come through, that person's going to be now disappointed. So yeah. they have to do that the entirety of what happens. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, everybody can develop their intuition. And I always hope it's to the point to help them evolve in their decision-making where they are in their life. Yeah. I feel like kids are more 
in touch with that too. Like you mentioned, you were 15 when that happened. I mean, I feel like everyone who I've spoken to has either had a really creepy experience with a young child or they themselves have had some sort of some sort of experience as a child. And then as we get older and more jaded, we have the blinders on of everyday life. 100%. Kids are very, very open. They're very, you know, we teach kids to like, every time they do something, we clap and go, yay. You know, it's all about discovery when you're a child. You know, we want our children seekers and discover and learn. So they're just open and they're like, oh, you know, there's a man with a hat there. And you're like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but Jess, what what was your family's reaction to a very specific precognitive dream? Um. So my grandma always thought I had like she always feels like myself and her. And I think again, this goes back to her more having an open mind. She's had kind of experiences when she was younger when her dad passed. Her dad passed when she was really young. Um, so she wasn't surprised. I've always had like very weird intuition, deja vu. Like I've had that my whole life. I, in fact, the other day we were in the car and I'm like, I've been here before, you know? And my husband's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I knew you were going to say that. Like I've been, you know, <laughs> so I have these little things all the time. They make me kind of go like, okay, what's happening? Um, but my grandmother was very open to it. She was just like, oh my gosh, you saw it. Like, you know, that was her immediate reaction. Um, my mom was kind of freaked out. Like she was just kind of like, I got upset. Like I'm like, I was visibly upset when it, I had this dream. I'm just like, Billy, I just had this awful dream. All upset. I'm like, Billy's on fire. And she's like, what are you talking about? And as I'm like, I don't feel, know. As long as you didn't feel responsible, it's kind of where I was going. Oh no, no, no. I did not feel responsible at all, but it was just very, just a very surreal experience. Now, of course mm-hmm. he was never actually on fire, but he did experience but because similar. of the fight. Right. It's symbolism. Yeah. So of course, because of the backlash from the explosion of this, you know, thing that he was working on, he experienced third degree burns, you know, all over his face and his arms. And so he experienced basically the, the feeling of fire. Um, So yeah, it was just a really, it was really surreal at the time. And I didn't take any blame. It was just one of these, like, Oh my God, like that, what happened here? (laughs) I was a kid. I think I was about seven. Um, I had a very, I still remember it, a very vivid, dream i was in my neighbor's house looking from like the front bedroom to the outside in the back in the back bedroom and it was like all black except for the window and when i was like looking at the window it's like a lens kind of going to a close-up my mother was in the backyard and she was bent over in pain and my aunt roseanne you know the closet drinker um (laughs) was taking a leaf off of her back and as she pulled the leaf it became a vine and the more she pulled the vine, it got thicker and thicker and thicker until my mom had a tree trunk growing out of out of her back. And I, I woke up and it was such a weird thing. It was like, why would she have like a beanstalk growing out of her back? I never forgot mm-hmm. it. It didn't make any sense. And then years later, my mom, my mom was diagnosed with lung cancer. Oh my um, God. They didn't know what she had yet. They were treating her for cervical disc disease. And I had walked into her bedroom one night. She was like doing makeup or whatever, doing her hair. And she had on um, like a thin strap, spaghetti strap, like terry cloth night, nightgown. And I like looked at her back and I was like, oh, that's your, I go, that's your problem. And she goes, what's my problem? I go, you must have an infection. And I literally saw a line going from her back, like down, down the terry cloth. And then it like came up over here. And I was like right there and I'm pointing at it. And she's looking in the mirror and she's like, there is nothing there. She goes, go get Big Row. Went downstairs, got my aunt. I go, show her, show her the line. 
And she goes, what line? I go, on her back. She goes, there's no line there. And I'm still seeing it. And I'm like, are you guys messing with me? Wow. Like a, literally looked like this, but like underneath her back. So anyway, they looked at me like I was nuts. Well, when my mom finally got diagnosed, they had to remove her lung. And when they did the surgery, that was what her scar was. So when my aunt Roseanne saw my mother's scar, she gasped in the hospital. Like we, I spent quality time like describing it. So it's one of those moments where I felt like, because my mom's passing for me was a huge ordeal at the age of 19. And so much of my development and what I learned and, you know, going back to the beanstalk, you know, kind of let me know that there was a bigger picture here that, because I kind of felt as a psychic, I should have known she had cancer, right? Mm -hmm. Like I had binders of thank you letters from people saying, oh, you found my dad's cancer. Oh, you diagnosed this. You know, and I would say, I'm not a doctor. I don't diagnose, but like I would see stuff and tell people, get that checked or, hey, you might want to get this checked. You know, I had somebody come to one of my events now, probably two years ago, and she's walking up online to take a photo with me. And I see this piece of paper in her hand and it's my handwriting. Like I'm looking at it and I see that it's my handwriting. I'm like, how does she have my handwriting? And then she goes, does this look familiar? And I go, that's my handwriting. She goes, it's from 21 years ago. And she shows me, I drew her a stick figure and I put a black thing there and I said, have this checked. And she wound up having surgery because she had cancer. So she's like, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. And I wanted you to see this. Like I had a lot of that. So I had a lot of I had a lot of anger and guilt around my mom's like internalized, internalized, you know, yeah. Like I should have known, or how did I miss this? So yeah, there's there's like a lot of lessons that came with that. Yeah, the only experience I ever had, I think it was probably about that age, six or seven. My mom and I were watching the History Channel, and a preview came on for um, Studio Fifty Four, like a documentary on Studio Fifty Four. And I looked at my mom and I said, I've been there. And she was like, excuse me? (laughs) And I said, yeah, some guy died while I was there. He was climbing through the walls. And she was like, what is wrong with my child? (laughs) And, And literally the first like 10 minutes of after the commercial that we had seen, they were talking about a guy who was trying to get into Club 54 and he was climbing through the vents and he killed himself trying to get in. And she looked at me, she's like, oh my gosh. She's like, do I need to like admit this girl? Like what What happened here? Yeah, and I don't, I don't even know where it came from. I, and I, I remember the conversation and I remember looking at her, but I didn't like, I didn't even, I didn't see anything. I didn't have a dream about it. I just like, it was just like seeing something on TV and remembering it. You had a download. It's yeah. like an absolute yeah. download. Yeah. yeah. That's what a reading feels like, like that moment where wow. you know something. Yeah. Like, you know something and you're, you don't know why you know it. It's just been yeah. downloaded to your like, computer brain and you're like, I I know this. I don't know why I know this, but I'm going to now say this and (laughs) here you go. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. So I'm a 12 year old boy. I'm very immature. Just so you know, I need, I would love to hear a story of um, maybe some, something who has come to you and been inappropriate or funny or like a joke. You want to inappropriate? Oh yeah. <laughs> I give you inappropriate. So I was doing an event in New Jersey and I wound up giving information to a family about a gentleman who talked about being buried with 
a quarter in his hand. And it was important to make sure that we get a message, I believe, to his wife. Fast forward, they leave my event, they go to a, a restaurant. As they're leaving the restaurant, that woman walks into the same restaurant. They're all flipping out because now, like, this is a sign, right? So they give yeah. us a message. She doesn't come to me at first. Her two daughters do. So dad comes through, and he was very specific and loving, and he's dad. Great. They go home, and they tell mom. Now mom's heard this twice. He's come through to people in an event, and he's come through to the kids. She decides she's going to go. She comes, she sits in front of me, completely closed. And I mean like buttoned up, as buttoned up as they can come. And if you looked at her and you wanted to like cast her in something, you might cast her as the highly conservative Christian woman in a church. That's maybe where you would put her. Very, okay. Very <laughs> modest. Maybe an uptight librarian, maybe there yeah. too. Okay. Okay. So I don't know who she is. I don't know the backstory yet. I just know mm -hmm. that this is sitting in front of me. Her husband comes through and he's giving what I feel is proper validation. It's not the emotional I love you's and it's like factual things that let us know that it's I'm connecting. And it's, you know, various things painting a picture in a circle of your world, which is what I'm looking for almost in a surgical way is how I read. It wasn't a fun reading. She was kind of not energetically fun to work with. So at the end of the reading, I said to him, um, you need to show me something so I could like, just let her know that this is you. Like, can you just like give me something so she knows that <laughs> this is you? Because nothing I'm saying to her is actually making her respond, you know? So yeah. I let her know. I was not prepared for what he was going to show me. It was not what I expected. Yes, that's what he showed me. And... Let's just say he could have had an OnlyFans account. And yes. And now <laughs> I'm like, uh, um, uh, and she's like, what? And I'm like, 50 shades of red. And she's like, you, you said you said everything in the beginning. What, what, what is he saying to you right now? And I'm like, well, I go, either he is trying to describe his personality I go, or he is bragging about his anatomy. And she <laughs> really, in that moment, totally cracked and went, oh my God, even there, even there, he's gonna be talking about that. She, I can't believe he's still whipping that out. And I'm like, oh my God, it's actually happening right now. So yeah, that my 12 year old sense of humor, because I have the same, you know, is like, you know, do not laugh, do not laugh, do not laugh. Yeah. That legitimately oh was the one thing that she needed to hear, I guess. And oh he, decided, you know, he decided. He still hung like a horse, hon. We're good. We're yeah. good. <laughs> the thing, because she said, that's nothing that any of the people that came to see you before me would have known. And I was like, yeah, totally. I would have thought like, you know, the fact that somebody, you know, put a quarter into the casket and said, call me like that kind of a whole vibe, right. like that did for you. Yeah. No, no, you can mention the restaurant. No, nope, not that one. Your daughter's coming, <laughs> none of that. I was like, okay, I guess it's all about This the is car. it. You know, I am now terrified if my husband goes before me and I come and talk to you <laughs> for any reason whatsoever, because wow, the things. Like not to go there. Let's go to code word. A code word would be great. Yeah. Yeah, code words. That'd be great. 
Well, I know, I know you, we don't have a ton of time with you today. We're so, so grateful that you have taken the time to, to talk with us. Um, if I know we've got some viewers who are typing in the comments, if anybody has any questions before we wrap up, uh, we would love to hear and see them. I know, let's see, Cicely is wondering if you can read something from someone for you, which is very vague. <laughs> very vague. Uh, um, no. But look at her question, though, because what I would point out is her question is, is leading. Like she's already saying that today's a very special day. So mm -hmm. anybody who reads that's going to be like, it's a birthday or an anniversary. So yeah. The, the most important thing is when you go see somebody that does what I do, you could say, hey, um, I'd like to connect with my dad. That's it. Or, hey, yeah. I'd like to connect with my friend. Um, that's it. The rest should happen. because. And for me, I used to not let anybody say anything. And then I did a radio show. It was a, the Ross Britton show on the East Coast. And I said, I, I don't want to know anything. And he goes, dude, when you get your own show, he goes, you do it your way. He goes, but people are going to call up. And you're going to start giving them information and they're going to want to hear from one person and you're going to bring in five other people. And then I'm going to have dead air because that's not going to apply to who they want. He goes, this way I can just get them to focus on what you're getting. And it was brilliant. So to this day, if I'm doing anything live, I'll say to somebody, what's your question? How can I help? Who do you want to connect with? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They go, my dad, I can go, I don't have your dad, but I have this. So it's important to know that when you go to see somebody like myself, go with that kind of approach. Don't give anything out. Mm -hmm. If you're having right. an astrological reading, you need to provide the astrologer with your date of time, the place that you were born, so that they can literally do your birth chart. And then I tell my clients, if you're going to go for an astrological consultation, give the astrologer something in an area to look at, because mm -hmm. they can go in any, any aspect of your life. Right, right. Yeah. She's clarifying a little bit. She said uh, in 2009, her son passed. Right. So Honestly, okay. Right, so that would be an anniversary. So now here's how I would look at it. One, I'm so sorry about the loss of your child because there's no greater loss on the planet. Yeah. And it does not matter how old the parent-child dynamic is. It could be a 90-year-old losing a seven-year-old. It's not the natural order. So I am, I, I'm, I'm, my condolences always. Um, yeah. Here's what I would look at though, Cicely. The fact that you tuned in today, the fact that you're listening to this live, I am that card, right? That's what I am. I'm this for you today. Even though I might not be able to do a reading for you, I represent your son. Your son is using mm -hmm. this, this moment right now as a way of letting you know that he's with you. So I would think, what were you doing before this? What was the conversations before this? And then this becomes the validation of said moments leading up to it, of him just letting mm -hmm. you know that he's Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, that's just, go ahead, Jess. Oh, oh no. I was just, um, so a friend of mine on TikTok, Aunt Tifa, um, she was just saying she gets, she was like asking, she asked another question, how you, how you better control it. And, and you, I know you kind of mentioned about how you were able to control it. And she was talking about meditation, um, kind of finding what works best for you in regards to centering. But she was just saying she tends to get vertigo and passes out before something bad happens to somebody in her family. So energetically, she's clairsentient, which means that she's feeling what's coming at her and it becomes overwhelming. Almost like when you see those mm -hmm. videos of the people being shot up on the ride and they kind of pass out because they're overwhelmed by what it is that they're feeling. So mm -hmm. she's having like the energetic wind knocked out of her 
when that moment happens. So if she can ship that, you can literally say to your guides like, yeah, I don't really, I don't need, I don't want that one. Show me this instead. I mm-hmm. used to have a symbol, which I had to ask them to stop showing me. I would hear Indian, Native American Indian symbolism sounds when anything bad was going to happen in my family. Like I would wow. hear a, like a wailing. It's it so mm-hmm. unnerving. It come out of nowhere. And whenever I heard that, somebody connected to me past. It was too overwhelming for me, and I had to ask them to stop. I was like, you can't show that to me. Like, I don't, I don't want to know that. And I would like people to know that we are in control of it. It does not control you. So for anybody mm-hmm. who's got a child right now that's highly empathetic or intuitive, you want to let them know, just like going chi on the potty, there's a time and place of recognizing that and that they want to be able to control that. And you want to empower them or yourself as well. So I think it's important mm-hmm. to know that you can control that, that it's not controlling you. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. <laughs> and then, so for, for our viewers who might not have had a reading before or um, who don't necessarily have the funds to have a reading specifically with you, what would you suggest as far as finding somebody who's kind of the real deal? I mean, you know. I think it's, I think it's important to go by word of mouth just because somebody's, mm-hmm. I would say this about myself when I was on TV. I used to say, just because somebody's on television or is a published author, just because somebody has a platform on the radio show, that does not make them better than anybody else. And I was like, there are thousands of people who are out there doing this work who will never do radio, who will never do TV, who are not going to write a book, who are just doing the work for the right reasons. So you want to go somebody that um, is going to empower you with information, not scare you. I hate the fear mongering that happens when it comes into this field. Like there have been so many people that will like, literally say something to me on TikTok in a comment and they'll be like, Oh, I'm happy that you're here. Uh, by the way, watch out for, or by the way, sorry about that. And they're picking the wrong person when they do that because it it enrages me because that's now crossing that line. It's like reaching over and inappropriately touching my energy. And I'm like, "Mm -mm, I didn't know that. Don't be on me. Yeah. Like (laughs) comments and they're saying something to you and they're trying to get you to book a reading with them, block them. That's a big no, that's a big red flag. Um, but I would say like, there are there are a number of people who do this work. Um, Jonathan Lewis is one of them. Robert Brown is another, Shar.net. Uh, there, are, there are so many people who do this work um, for the right reasons. And that is to empower you, to teach, to give you information. So go by word of mouth, read um, what they're about. like. Surely there's a website or something about them. If there's yeah. anything about like, you know, oh, my gift, my gift, my gift. Mm, it's not a gift. It's an ability. So like you want to make sure that they're going to make it about you and not about them. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. Well, we are so very grateful that you have joined us today. Um, if you wouldn't mind uh, telling our followers where they can find you, where we can see your content now, because I know you've got uh, longer longer content than TikTok on your website, right? Everything that I do is on johnedward.net. So if you just go to John Edward, no S on Edward, johnedward.net um, on TikTok. Actually, on all social media, I'm at psychic medium J-E. So it's... Okay. Psychic medium and then just JD. Awesome. Perfect. And I will be well, watching you guys. Awesome. We that's uh that's a little weird for me, but <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> 
thank you. So I've, much. I've been fangirling a lot lately here. I know. You're a Alyssa Milano video right before we sign on. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. This girl's blowing up. She's uh, she's doing big things. So. I know, but she won. Um, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> like you probably get the best information when you're running. I, you know, I know it's where I run away from the information. Actually, I, like yeah. have to like shut well, down. Was that is your <laughs> because while you're you're in that zone, you yeah. should legitimately pay attention to your thoughts because you might get you might get the most amazing downloads for content. Or I do sometimes. I do actually. I feel like that's kind of my um. I do <clears throat> I do one of two things. I listen to podcasts. Or I just kind of pay attention to my surroundings and think. And like I made a TikTok yesterday while I was running, running and talking. People are like, how are you running and talking? I'm like, I don't know. I had, something came to me. I needed to record it and I'm running. So here we are. But um, but yeah, so it's it's my it's my um it's my thinking time. It's my where I download and deconstruct and yeah. Well guys, thank yeah. you very much for inviting me. This is awesome. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you, John, and uh, for all of you out there, we will see you next Wednesday at four for our next episode of Rabbit Hole Heroines. And uh, yeah, that's about it. We will see you all next week. Bye-bye.